how do we do this? How do how do we? Because we always introduce guests. We don't. Should I, let me introduce. Uh, um, so um, today I got with me one of the greatest Come on. persons I've ever persons. One of the greatest people. I'm right next to me. We're 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 um, we usually record over Zoom, but we're in person right now because this is a monumental moment. It's a moment. But right next to me is one of the greatest minds I've ever met. Um, oh my gosh. Talented writer, talented um actor. I, I, yeah, don't I see you I see you Dang. in these ads out here. Don't, don't try to hide it. Boy. Um great friend, great husband, great great um father to Cheech. My my cat. His cat. Um shout out I got, shout out Cheech. Yo, yo, bring Cheech in. <laughs> hey, come here, bro. I got my boy Alex Lewis right next to me. Can we oh can we can we show God. some love for Alex oh Lewis real quick? God. Can we show some love? Put your tens up. Damn. Put your tens up. Oh my gosh. Yo. And next to me, uh, I got one of the the most royal. Oh. The most loyal. Ooh. Never been spoiled. Yo. Host in the game, Sheesh. one of the best, Sheesh. better than the rest. Thank you, Koku Asamoa. Thank you, thank you. Samoa like the cookies. Samoa, yo, bet your cookies out. This yo, ain't Girl Scout season. If but y'all, the cookies we are actually here. we threw down a cookie before we started recording today to get us prepped. You got to, you know, it's but cookie time. You gotta get your belly right before you record. Yeah, yo. And this is our first Verge FM Alex and Koku episode. Which is amazing. Yeah. We got to do a couple of shout outs. First off, shout out to Verge FM. Yeah, shout out. For having us. And, you know, we went through this process and they brought us on. And yeah, we really were. I, I know I feel gracious to him. Alex feels gracious to him. For sure. This for is sure. a really great platform. Great people behind it. Yep. Um, and yeah, we hope to meet up to the standards of the already beautifully crafted space Verge has created yeah, and I mean, shout out to Michaela mm. Luther King mm. as well, yes. uh, who actually put us on to the Verge FM uh, kind of hosting opportunity. And for a little background on us, so Coco and I, we've been recording Alex and Coco for, I think this is, this is year three? It's... That's amazing. It's crazy. It's wild. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing this for like for like three years going and started out as an Instagram live uh, that we were doing like at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. which somehow we're, we're still still here. We made still it. Out here. We made it. Um, and it just started with us sharing our top 25 favorite Kanye West songs yes. of all time. I and was think do you remember your like top 5? I don't remember my I don't remember my top 5. I do remember I feel like I remember maybe like the the top 2 I had. Uh-huh. I feel like I had like maybe Family Business and Runaway. I think I had Pinocchio Story in the yeah. top 5. I don't remember the other two though. Uh, yeah, what do you I, have? Um, I think everything I am. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember Pinocchio story being in your. Was yeah. Pinocchio story in one? Uh, 
I don't think so. Okay. It may, uh, may have. We'll yeah. have to go back. But. Yeah, we <laughs> run it back. I think they may have changed. I don't. I think for for right now, my top twenty five Kanye songs haven't got any new additions from his most recent work. <laughs> so, but they might have got like switched around back and forth. That's fair. But um, yeah, that's how we started. Um, shortly after I texted Alex, I was like, "Yo, was a podcast dropping?" And literally, we like, I think we designed, like, we got the cover that night, Mm -hmm. had, like, the podcast name and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. secured, and, yeah, we started recording, like, early 2020, and now we're here, 2022, Yes, jumping into having a radio show version of Alex and Koku, which is really dope. And if you're listening to this on like Spotify or whatever, we're still streaming the podcast. So Mm -hmm. you can still listen to it wherever you're listening to it. But definitely every fourth Saturday of the month at 4 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be airing on Verge FM, which is dope. So if you have a chance, you can listen to it live or when they air it. Um, If not, you can just... Go out through your work week and play it when you deem comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. But the way we always start our shows is we like to talk about what we've been listening to. So I'm going to kick it to you first, Koku. What have you been listening to recently? Um, I think I've been on the same wave. I like to listen to a lot of producers. And um, I watched this show called Love Life on hbo max and there's this scene it's a beautifully shot scene where they're lying down like um head to head and they're just talking to each other and there was this beat that was playing in the background and as i was watching this like wow this is whoever put this together yeah nailed it because like the colors look so good they look so good the music was good i looked it up it was by this producer named um kiefer and i think the track was called sitting alone but it's so good, super smooth, off-kilter drums, very strange hi-hats, super smooth. Um, so that's like what I've been like spinning, like what if I'm driving to get lunch or if I'm driving to uh, meet up with friends, that song I put on. Um, I've been messing with McGee. Uh, I've mentioned him a lot before, but he's been what I've been listening to a whole lot. Like his recent album... Um, let me see what it is called because it's real. It just such a different soundscape that you, yeah, yeah. you don't really hear too often. It's called a a museum of contradiction. Ooh. So a title like that, okay, like you know, he's yeah. dropping some. Come on, dropping some, some gems, some pros. Then um um Dijon, we we me and Alex talked about him. Yeah, um, damn. He has Dijon's got, so dope. Has absolutely so and, dope. Uh, McGee was. Um, helped along with um, Absolutely too, and uh, you can definitely hear his sound bleed into it. Yeah, yeah. Dijon on his own, amazing things. Dang. Yeah, that's and then of course there's more. There's a lot more, but like the things that I want to hone into are these yeah, three yeah. artists. Yeah. What, what about you, Alex? What you? I love it. Spinning? I love it. So, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity. Uh, to go to the X Games and Aspen, X Game Mall. Oh my God! And so got to go out to got to go out to Aspen for the X Games. Uh, my wife was out there for a work trip, and I got to go out there and join her. And so while we were out there, one of the things that 
we had kind of seen coming into the trip was that uh, ASAP Ferg was going to be performing at the X Games, um, which I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, maybe we'll get to see him, but, you know, kind of just like not really thinking much of it. Turns out he was like hanging out at the X Games like all weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first night of the X Games, he performed uh, at like a... He performed at a venue in like downtown Aspen. I unfortunately uh, was dealing with some travel difficulties and mm. uh, missed it. And so didn't get into Aspen until the next morning. Uh, but that night we were hanging out and Elizabeth, my wife, was like she had went out of the area where we were kind of hanging out at. And as she was coming back in to the spot, uh, she had like, she had uh, like slid on the ice. Cause there was like ice and snow outside and stuff. And ASAP Ferg was right there, like holding the door for her and was like, <laughs> I saw you slipping, <laughs> which like, I just love, like he had the full grilling. Um, so we were like already like on just, we're like, yo, Ferg, that's crazy. Yeah. And then the next night, uh, he performed his new single green juice, uh, featuring Pharrell production by the oh. Neptunes. And he like performed it like right at the base of the super pipe. So from like where we were sitting, like we could see him clearly and it was just like so dope. So I ended up like going kind of down this like uh, ASAP Ferg, like rabbit hole, mm -hmm. started like getting into uh, some like going back into like the Clipses catalog mm -hmm. and stuff they were doing with the Neptunes and like Mr. Me Too. There's like a really great uh, line about Aspen at like the beginning of the song. And then I was watching that, uh, the like Virgil was here, like tribute Louis Vuitton mm -hmm. fashion show. And at one point during the show, if you haven't seen it, it's worth the watch. It's like visually very beautiful. Um, it's like up on YouTube and their socials and stuff. But uh, at one point they play, uh, they play Mama, I'm so sorry, uh, which like that beat is just like so it's insane like mm -hmm. now it just like even now like it just holds up and like still bangs so i've been like real feel like i've been real heavy into like fur going back into some of that old stuff and then also uh been on like a heavy like kind of clips neptunes wave recently yeah. too rightfully rightfully so man like fur fur gets a the back seat in the ASAP Miles sometimes. It does. does. There's a tweet someone said, hey, there's only one and a half good rappers in ASAP Bob. <laughs> and that's not fair. It's not. Ferg is, Ferg is, is excellent. He, Ferg is he definitely solid. can hold his own. He's when he's on a track, you feel his energy. Yes. But like, you know it's him. You're not going to confuse him for yeah. any other artist, which is like most of the part being a great performance artist. And when it comes to performance, I've never seen him live, but yeah. I've seen him like on live streams of EM's day. Yeah. And he, he holds his, oh, he, he holds it down. He holds it down. And like, I went back and was listening to his 2019 album floor seats mm -hmm. and just forgot like how many dope songs was on there. Like he's been steadily consistent throughout. And like, he'll have like usually like one or two songs during the album cycle. That'll like, 
you know, pop off. Yeah. Like we've had like Plain Jane and Shaba and mm-hmm. all those. But like he's one of those people that I feel like he's kind of been like laying low over the past few years. But I'm excited for whatever, you know, his upcoming project, if there is an upcoming project, like what it entails. Yeah. He he um can release a adult project. Uh my favorite I think for a moment was on Twitter. Uh writer is like um Ferg's forthcoming album, Always Strive and Pos- Always Strive and Prosper. Then he replies, Oh, this is my second album. <laughs> then he's like, Wait, what do you mean? Did I make a mistake? You said forthcoming album. He's like, No, no. <laughs> That's your fourth <laughs> album, your 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 upcoming album. He's Yo, like, oh, my bad. They had they had, at one point during the X Games, they had Ferg doing like sideline commentary on like one of the events which was like definitely more of like a joke kind of thing uh but i mean what i learned was like over the past few years like he's gotten more into like snowboarding and Mm. just like the whole culture around that sport um if y'all follow like zeb powell he's a snowboarder black dude like he's super dope um there have been some like clips floating around of him recently from this year's x games uh of him during like it's called like the knuckle huck which is kind of like it's sort of like a freestyle uh event where you can kind of just like do whatever you want kind of like the like nba dunk contest or something Mm. you can like set up your own like tricks so like he brought in like another person at one point like had them like laying on their back and like literally use their snowboard as like a ramp uh which was like so sick but there's a a clip from that weekend where ferg and zeb were hanging out and like zeb or like ferg hooked zeb up with like one of his brands uh like vests and like mm-hmm. hooked him up with like a grill too Jeez. um but like it was funny because like you know ferg's definitely been getting more into the game but obviously isn't like fully there yet yeah. so like hearing him doing some of this like color commentary stuff was like it, it was it was entertaining he had some like yeah it was like oh that's a oh yeah he's doing the spins <laughs> yeah that's like a 360 720 something or other yeah he he hit it. He killed me. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is everything I needed." Also, when you said perform, for some reason, I thought he was like, like <laughs> competing. Yeah, I was, I was like, "Whoa!" Ferg. I would give, I would give anything. Shout out to Ferg. He's, you love to see rappers, artists yeah, branch out. You're really out here. You, you know? love to see it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But I mean, on the note of like what we've been listening to recently, uh. I think we've both kind of been in a similar wave uh, with like what we've been into lately because mm-hmm. of the recent release of the book Dilla Time. Yeah. Uh, oh. About the legendary producer, rapper, composer, Jay Dilla. Yeah. Um, and I know we're going to like, I'm so excited to like just get into this because um, we've been like texting back and forth yeah. about the book and just like everything, you know, all the different like just names that come up in it. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I just want to get your like your take, your initial reactions, like what is going through your head about like this new book, Dilla Time right now? Yeah. So. Dilla Time came out February 1st. Um, 
Uh, I'm not sure if it was a Black History Month release, spe- like specifically. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, yeah, definitely lighted the flame. It definitely, of- and I feel like, and you know, too, we just uh, February seventh was Dilla's birthday mm-hmm. anniversary of the you know release of Donuts. Um, so like, I feel like that like. I was I was curious like why they didn't release it like on his yeah. actual birthday, but I feel like it was probably good to like kind of give some give people some time for to, like, sure get the book and you know be able to pick it up or listen mm. to it or whatever. So. Appreciate appreciate Dylan that much more when it comes to yeah, his for birthday sure. and his passing. For sure. But when I I um I saw a post by Common <laughs> corny post. I hate when people post <laughs> pictures of them reading a book. Because it's so weird. It's like, oh, hold on. Take a flick of me real quick. Yeah, yeah. Turn to a random page yeah, and yeah, pretend yeah. to read. But yeah. he posted a picture of him reading a book. It was like Dilla time. I was like, oh, instantly. I yeah. need that. Yeah. I absolutely need that. Yep. So I, I looked it up and uh, author Chad. It's uh, Dan Charnas. Dan Charnas. With, uh, with help from Jeff Peretz. Yeah. He did amazing work on it because when I picked it up, you learn so much hip hop history. Yeah. Not only about Dilla, but the people surrounding him. Right. And there's so many people he affected that he got to meet personally and people he never met that are some of my favorite artists. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Like to name a couple of names and we're going to go deeper into this. We got Questlove, who I think the um, book starts off with yep. hearing this insane, wacky instrumental bumping from a car yeah and he's like who is this yep. what is this yeah, yeah 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 then we got of course the rest of the roots we got common we got um kanye we got slum village yeah and yep. Slum village is probably a a group that gets a lot of love but it they didn't get enough love by they were all together yeah um yep. and unfortunately like while the key um, founding members were alive. Yeah. Um, but this book really just like ignited me. It's, yeah. It's so like it's so thoroughly crafted that every chapter you feel like you're just in that world. You're yeah, in yeah, yeah. 1980 to 2003. Like you, yeah. you. If you listen to a lot of the albums they mentioned throughout the album, you can go back to that place and time when you first heard it yeah and relive it it's 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 amazing it's amazing yeah what was like because i mean like honestly coming into reading this book like i was familiar with dilla like mm-hmm. had listened to uh had definitely listened to donuts like heard some of his production on other songs wasn't incredibly familiar with like the history around him or even just knowing like kind of his roots in Detroit. What was like your just like personal introduction to Jay Dilla? Ooh, I think my introduction was as I started getting deeper into hip hop and started finding more artists who weren't as mainstream as the ones I were listening to. I always heard this name it's like, oh, Dilla, your favorite producer's favorite producer. Yeah. Oh, Dilla, you, know, you gotta listen to Dilla, Dilla. Yeah. So yeah. I kept on hearing those, hearing that name, and I started looking, looking into him. I was like, oh, 
he's already made songs that I love. Um, I've mentioned before, Commons B is one of my favorite albums mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. And he produced two of the tracks on there. So I was like, oh, wow. So Dilla's been around me for a minute. And of course, he has some hits with Slum Village. Um, yeah. That um, we might, most people might know, um, especially now, um, the, the Look of Love and um, Falling in Love. And Chance Rapper reinterpreted Falling in Love. So like just hearing those little nods to Dilla, but yeah. not knowing that was him, definitely was my, I guess, my unknowing first introduction to him. But I think I started getting into him deeper in high school, not high school, I'm sorry, college, when I, um, my friend Jelani, she took me to a Dilla day. Mm. Um, it was at this vegan uh, restaurant. I can't remember the name because I was blown away. This is a beautiful moment. I got to tell you this. So we went there. It's this vegan soul food restaurant and they had like chicken and waffles. It was amazing. Oof, it was great. Oof. They're playing Dilla. But the thing that struck me the most was the people there. Yeah. Um, we were the youngest at the time. I think we were like 20. Yeah. So everyone else there was in their 40s, um, probably late 30s. And they were all here for one purpose. They were all dressed like it was the 80s or 90s. <laughs> and it wasn't like a theme party. That's just the clothes they had on. The regular. <laughs> just like backwards, just backwards. Iverson jersey. Exactly. <laughs> Truly that. But they were reliving our our age the yeah, two, that, yeah, that yeah. 18 19 20 year old yeah, they were back in the sure, day sure. when they were bumping, like singing every word nodding their heads that's like, dope it filled me with so much that's dope like just love like man like they were here just to enjoy it they yeah, were their yeah. friends they're just yeah. and i think that was like my first experience with dilla yeah yeah and i can yeah i can remember so fondly damn that's dope yeah it's like i mean reading the book i think like at least in the way that we oftentimes talk about like 90s hip hop or, mm-hmm. you know, some like some of the some of those moments in hip hop with like, you know, kind of going going back a little bit like it's you hear a name like Jay Dilla. And I guess in my mind, it was also like it was always like, oh, like he's from like back when, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. not thinking like. His, I mean, his last project was, like, released 2006. Yeah. Which, like, is still fairly, like, we're, you know, now, like, 15, 16 years from that. But, like, is, feels still, like, at least I, like, I remember clearly. Yeah. Like, being, you know, like, being being alive then, obviously. But, like, just being at a very, like, formative, like, place in my life in terms of, like, the different you know, pieces of art that I was consuming at that time. So like to, I think reading Dilla time, like that's one of the things that, uh, you know, kind of like caught me at first was like, Oh, like we're talking about like still like fairly Mm -hmm. recent moments in hip hop history, a history that isn't like incredibly long at this current moment. But like, I think too, I was as someone who, grew up as like kind of Kanye West having the most like formative, uh, you know, being kind of the most formative artist for me. Like I was reading the book throughout, just kind of like waiting for that moment (laughs) where they were going to intersect because there's no way you can talk about, you know, 
the foundations that Dilla laid with like sampling and conflicting rhythms and not see kind of the through line to a producer artist like Kanye. I think too, one of the things that struck me within that vein was I didn't realize that like Dilla was like a producer rapper Mm -hmm. as well. Like in my mind, it was always like Dilla, he's this incredible producer. Like he, you know, laid the foundation for production, Mm -hmm. but he was someone who like took his craft as a rapper. Yes. Incredibly serious as well. And that's a part of his kind of artistic expressions that like he wanted to lean into more, especially as he was like kind of moving, like progressing through his career Mm -hmm. more. And that's one of the things that I kind of missed too. Um, At the 2006 album you mentioned is um, The Shining. Yeah. And on the last track, um, I think two is not enough. Um, he's rapping on it and I didn't know that. Well, I knew, no, I didn't know that. I, I yeah. was, cause it just, his, the, the credits on it, it just says Jay Dilla. I was like, okay, he produced it. Probably yeah, just yeah. have an uncredited rapper on it. Right, there. right. But I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, that's, that's Jay Dilla. And yeah. He can rap. Yeah. He, he can yeah, rap. Yeah, nah, he gets some, some he, of the best of them. Yeah. He gets the bars off. He, he gets them off for sure. Um, yeah. And, it's interesting, interesting to see how much he he changed the, yeah. the landscape of production yeah. and how many people try to catch up to him at the same time. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That was like, I think one of the things that was, yeah, it was like, that was really, because it was just so clearly laid out mm-hmm. in the book um, where like, I think it's harder, like, kind of when you're in it, like, as a hip-hop music fan today, like, there may be notes of, like, different people. Like, I think probably the one of the more, like, clear examples of this that we've seen over, like, the, the past number of years is, like, Tyler Creator's production. Yeah. Like, you can hear, like, the direct influence mm-hmm. of like a Pharrell yeah. on uh his production just like that Neptune's style um and just kind of some of that music that like NERD was making and all that so mm-hmm. like that's one of the I think like you it's it's a lot harder when you're in it so like for uh you know the author to kind of just like clearly lay that out where he's talking about you know, the Mad Libs, and then also, mm-hmm. like, talking about within the jazz world, like, the different artists oh. who were, you know, trying to trying to create more within that vein, like, even talking about, like, Dr. Dre, and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Kanye being somebody who, you know, eventually kind of sort of, in a way, like, I kind of interpreted it as, yeah. like, Kanye, like, taking the torch yeah. from Dilla, where it's like, hey, man, like, you push the game to a place where, in a sense, like, only you could. Yeah. And now, like, I'm going to take this production torch to a place where, like, only I can. Yes. And there will, like, there are going to be, you know, with anyone, like, there are limitations. There are things that just, like, because of the context, because of, you know, that person's perspective, like, they can only go so far. For sure. But also, like, I mean, the lengths 
that Dilla took the game, took production, like took music is like, it's an incredible, incredible distance. Definitely. And so to like see kind of the different people who joined him along the way and, you know, either were taking shots to kind of like sort of move beyond him, be better than him. Mm-hmm. And also the folks who kind of took that torch and continue to push the game forward, uh, was like really incredible to see and just felt like that was like clearly outlined in the book. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned that these jazz artists as well took yeah. influence because they mentioned names like Kareem Riggins and Robert Glasper yeah. were um, pretty prevalent today if you're into like that scene of yeah. jazz and hip hop. Yeah. They they morph those two genres very well. Um, and they mentioned Hiotis Coyote, which I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. were influenced by Dilla. That was wild. It's super, but you can hear it like, yeah, in their sound. That was wild. And that's something we take for granted because even as you mentioned, Kanye kind of took the torch yeah. from Dilla. Dilla kind of took the torch from uh, um, Q-Tip to put, yeah. it, put it in layman's terms because, of course, there's other figures in right. between them that have helped a lot. But we take it for granted because... It's in the past and we weren't in that moment. So in retrospect, we don't know how significant that is. Because yeah. even like you mentioned, 2004 wasn't too long ago. Nah. Even 1995 wasn't too no, long ago. No, no, no. <laughs> so you hear um, a cute to beat and they explain it how it's a sample just over drum breaks. Yep. Pretty simple. Yep. Dilla switched it up. He took a sample chopped it up so many different ways, took drums, played those drums by himself, Yeah, went wild with it. Yeah, Kanye took that one step forward, further. The samples he took weren't just loops. He yeah. took vocal chops and all these things yeah. as well, yeah. as, as well as the drums, yeah. and kept it moving. And like modulating the vo- the pitch of the voices with like the chipmunk sound. Like it's, it's honestly... And like one of the really incredible things, I think about this book as someone who like, you know, isn't necessarily like a musician was like being able to just read about like the development of technology mm-hmm. and also like what was so special, like technically about yeah. the way that Dylan made music, because like I hear it and I'm like, oh, yeah, like this sounds good. Yeah. Like I can I can bob my head to it like. You know, I I can definitely like feel the music, but once you get into the book and you're starting to read like, oh, like he's actually, you know, delaying some of these drums mm-hmm. rather than it just being like a straight like boom bap beat. Like the fact that he's kind of playing with like the timing of things, even just by like the slightest mm-hmm. millisecond to where like just that one like shift of that drum pa- drum pattern or whatever, like can change the whole feel gonna, of this song. It's gonna change your head nod like, drastically. It's, it's insane. Different. Like, and I mean, it's that whole like. There's always that metaphor of like, you know, if this planet were to only like move like, you know, a centimeter or whatever, mm-hmm. like volcanoes, every, yeah, everything would be like, you know, shifting. But like, uh-huh. that is literally what is like happening within the music, like the tiniest shift in that sound can absolutely change the way that 
you engage with the music for like sure. that like that blew my mind it's it's amazing because in context you might not notice it but i urge you if you listen to adela beat even some artists today like monte booker yeah. like his beats sound good like you know they're weird when you listen to them but you don't know why right. but if you like pay attention right. to one sound like oh this is a completely off like yeah what yeah. you're used to hearing yeah and at one point like kind of towards the towards the end of the book and like you know, we won't get too much into oh, yeah, we're too to much into details. <laughs> I mean, it's history, so yeah, like, true, you true, know, true, true. like you will find a reference to this somewhere. Someone spoiling the Civil yeah, War for you, right? right. <laughs> you know that? It's history, man. You should have, yeah, known. Yeah, but like, you know, I think like there's a towards the end of the book, they're kind of talking about sort of like the disciples of oh, yeah. Dilla, um, you know, which is where you get into some of that like. Highest Coyote, mm-hmm. like kind of influence and more into like the Robert Glasper, Thundercat. Thundercat. And I was about to say, like, they talk about, um, they talk about Terrence Martin and like his work with Kendrick Lamar on the Pimp a Butterfly. And obviously, you have like, you have, uh, you have Thundercat on there. You've got like, uh, who else was on that joint? Um, Kamasi Washington. And Ooh, like, yes. like, you start to like, Going back, I was going back today and like listening to to Pimp a Butterfly mm-hmm. and, you know, hearing songs like Mama mm-hmm. and Complexions and just like you can hear in the beat, you can hear in the production of those songs, like kind of this direct line mm-hmm. from Dilla. And you can see how like, oh, these cats were all like influenced by him and they have such different ways of like how they're expressing that in the song but they're able to pull it together so cohesively and it just like kind of create like a whole new like soundscape with it yeah it's like it's it's so dope this is amazing and um as i was today actually i was um making sure i got everything down for today's episode and i forgot um and I kind of wish the book referenced it, but I don't yeah. think it's what was in the scope of what the writer was trying to do. But um, I've talked about Nujabees before mm. um, on our episode with Lene, who has her own podcast, Attack yep. on Titan podcast. Shut up! If you're watching that, if you're watching Attack on Titan right now, she does a recap on episodes. She like talks with friends. I'm I'm a little um, behind on it, so I haven't been on it, yeah. but still check it out because it's amazing. Yeah, she's so dope. But Nujabees, we talked about him before. You know, he was born on the same day Yeah, Dilla was born. Yes, I actually, so I like, I wasn't like, I still don't really know much mm-hmm. about him other than He's like. He's pretty elusive. Yeah, other than that, like I was looking at uh, like on Dilla's birthday the other mm-hmm. day. I was just on Tumblr, just like looking through and like just seeing like, you know, different photos people mm-hmm. that posted and stuff like that. And was seeing a bunch of like kind of edits that people have done of like both Dilla and Nuja Beats. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, oh, that's crazy. I I don't know who this person is, but people have clearly, (laughs) yeah, they're putting them on the same plane with Dilla. So, because he was, I think he was definitely a surge of that, this lo fi sound that we love to hear now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his production was amazing as well. And I don't know if he was influenced by Dilla or how yeah. far that stretch yeah. but he's a japanese artist and he's produced some amazing songs yeah. and ironically enough i think 
I don't think they died the same month. Well, they died the same month, but I don't think in the same year. But two very art, two very young artists that were taken before they got to reap the blessings of their own career. Yeah. To the fullest. Yeah. Because they both had some amazing music. Yeah. I mean, literally, even if I just did it, like, even if you just, like, search uh, Nuja Bees on Spotify, mm-hmm. like, one of the first things that'll come up is a playlist called Jay Dilla and New Jersey. <laughs> like it's so amazing. And I mean, that's like they nod to the lo-fi hip hop movement mm-hmm. in Dilla time, but also just like I think one of the really special things to see too uh was just like the global impact and reach of Dilla's music. Where like us being in like the midwest now like it's hard to kind of like i think we've gotten to see it where we're lucky to be in a place like columbus where like we have some incredible artists who you know their work has kind of spanned both like state lines and also uh you know internationally as well Mm -hmm. uh which is like really special to see but it's not off like that's kind of a rare thing to like you know, for something to, especially in the Midwest, I think mm-hmm. where you kind of have like this attitude of like, uh, nothing's really happening there. Mm-hmm. It's just like cornfields or whatever. <laughs> and to have like, I mean, so many of the artists that we've mentioned over the course of this episode have been Midwestern artists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dilla, Detroit, like Eminem is mentioned like mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the book. Um, obviously like with common Kanye, like that Chicago, um, those Chicago roots. And, but I think one of the things is just like, it's cool to see, like, you wouldn't expect like, you know, the art (laughs) that you're kind of making in, uh, in, you know, making somewhere in your home or whatever, like, and especially in the Midwest, like kind of go to the different like lengths that like these artists, music mm-hmm. their you know artistic offerings have been able to reach like dilla's impact was global and oh. there's so many different uh examples in the book of like how that was able to happen and a cool thing was also like the impact that how the internet was kind of able to like Ooh. um you know to to make that happen where it was like connecting people from kind of all over and really the place where a lot of that happens is in uh, on the blog, okay player, which I had no idea that quest love had started like that blew my mind. That was crazy. Just to see how significant it was to, to informing people about a lot of these artists that I love, like little brother getting, gets a mention, um, Q-tips solo careers, like getting mentioned. Um, of course the roots are getting mentioned. Slum village was getting mentioned. It's just, and all and when they say the name comes from um Philly slang. Yeah. When, they, when yeah, you see yeah, another person, yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, play, okay, I see play. you. <laughs> it's just so, so it's just so hip. It's so black. It's yes, so hip hop. Yes, it's, it's just so, it's just so great to It's so good. And like, yeah, nah, it, it's like all this to say, go Ooh. try to get your hands on Dilla Time. And even if you can't get your hands on Dilla Time, like spend some time uh with Jay Dilla's music mm-hmm. um and one of the really great things about this book that 
I had found while reading it is that I think across streaming platforms, there are, there's like a, like listening guide playlists where it has like all the different songs that are referenced in the book, which just like spans so many different things from like, you know, songs that he has sampled to songs that he had produced, just like songs that were inspired by Dilla. It's like, it's really comprehensive and it's just like, it's, it's a treat to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. Dilla, he's one of the artists where his legacy is going to last forever. Like he won't yeah. be shrouded by anyone else. He, he made a name for himself and it stuck significantly of a lot of people. Yeah. Even, even hearing that he moved to California to live of common, something I didn't know. Yeah. 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 And, um, I think like common, of course, reference Dilla a lot. B came out, I think 2004, 2005. Yeah. Around the time Dilla's passing. So like him just like talking about him coming from this, this Midwest city, Come to California to make his dreams come true. Right, I'm right. Like, damn, this, this is, this is bringing a tear to it's my deep. eye. I, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's deep. that, but hey, I'm gonna form that in my it's mind because that makes deep. me sleep at night. It's so deep. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, mm-hmm. and um, I wanna, I wanna pivot in the time we have left. Um, We've been some writing boys. Yes, we've been on our we've been on our we've been on our writing game we've been recently. This year, um, which is has been like has been super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to like getting to write with like you and our homie JT Julius Tunstall. He's a great artist, mm-hmm. great writer. Definitely check him out. Well, you know the plan is to have him on uh, the show it at some point this mm-hmm. season. Um, but yeah, we've been like, been getting more into writing, which has been super cool. So I, I kind of want to just like, before we get into like what we've been writing about, just kind of hear like what kind of sparked you wanting to like get more into like writing about music this year. Um, I think seeing JT's post about those, was it eight or 10 songs that Affected him, yeah, yeah, over the year of twenty twenty one. Yeah, kind of like a yeah, like an end of year sort of wrap up, like mm-hmm. songs that he was really impacted by. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was reading, I was like, oh man, there's so much emotion, and like he puts me in a spot where I can feel like I've listened to the song even though I haven't. So I was like, man, I, I really want to write. Then I saw you write it too. I was like, oh, Steph, <laughs> we're all writing out here. Maybe I yeah. should take my hand in writing. So I was thinking, hmm, what should I write about? And I was like, well, this end of year, I want to write about an artist I really like, um, yeah. about a song that I think I've listened to so many times. So let me write about MF Doom. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to start. Yeah. So as I was writing, it felt good. I was like, oh, man. Oh, this is good. This yeah, is, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like typing, typing it away. Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, I, I finished school and... Like I dreaded, not dreaded, but procrastinating and writing essays. Yeah. Of course, I, I don't of want course, to do this. But then when I was writing this, I was typing away. Next thing I know, I'm like six pages deep. I'm like, damn. I wish I had this kind of motivation in writing some of these projects. But yeah, that was like my my main spark. 
in writing. I love and it's it. been great. I love it. It's been great. Yeah, no, it's been it's been it's been super fun and like yeah, like I I mean I've been Yeah, you've been writing for a minute. Yeah, I mean like I've kept like different blogs and stuff like over the years. Um and you know, I feel like my writing has kind of like shifted just as sort of I've evolved as a as a human, whether it be like I feel like a lot of earlier stuff was like kind of more centered around like faith. Um, whereas like a lot of my stuff over um the past few years has kind of been more like social commentary. Um but yeah, like honestly like getting to uh, you know, just being in conversation with y'all and like seeing the stuff that y'all have been writing is mm-hmm. like definitely inspired me to like want to do more uh, in music. And so like um, wrote a piece uh, like a few uh, like a few months ago, a month or so ago um, that was really about like kind of black men and our mm-hmm. like relationship to celebrity, um, especially for like cishet black men and like really kind of how much of a hold like big bro culture mm-hmm. has on us as black men and really like um, kind of for our favorite artists or like role models, like how much of like the harm that they cause, how much of that we're willing to like kind of let go mm-hmm. um, because of like their artistic impact, whether it be like, you know, oh, like Kanye made college dropout. So like, I'm not worried about kind of like, yeah. you know, the stuff that he's saying because like he gave us this like great gift or like, mm-hmm. you know, the more extreme version of that would be like a R. Kelly mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, he made Ignition Remix. So mm-hmm. like, he could never have yeah. like, you know, committed these crimes or whatever. But like, um, that was like a really felt like it was a, it was a piece that it's one of those where like, you're constantly thinking about those yeah. kinds of things. And then finally have, uh, an opportunity to like, um, put words to it. But then recently, um, decided to kind of take a, take a page out of your book and just be like, what's this thing that like I really love mm-hmm. and let me just write about it. Yeah. And the thing that for whatever reason I just couldn't shake <laughs> was uh, the good music cypher from the 2010 BT hip hop awards. Yes. Um, which like, I know we both like we were kind of chatting early on as like, I was thinking about writing it, but that's one of those moments that just like, I think means a lot for, uh, you know, folks like us who mm-hmm. grew up in a very particular, uh, phase of kind of Kanye West and just like hip hop music fandom, yeah. um, which is like just really fun to like dive into and kind of just like break down that moment. It's a, it's a moment of hip hop that definitely deserves to be, explored more and expanded yeah. apart yeah. expanded upon um because we have common sci high uh big sean Pusha T, Pusha T, yeah, and kanye west um leading the charge and it was kind of this the i don't i'm not gonna say debut of good music because they 
been established at that point, but there was there was artists like Big Sean and Sci High that wanted to get their name out. Yeah, yeah for um, sure, for sure. And they showed ass. They, yeah, no, I mean it's 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 really that's a really special moment. I think because like that was, and I I kind of talk about this in the piece, but like particularly for Kanye West at that time, like. This was before, like, this was before him performing Runaway at the VMAs. Mm -hmm. Like, this was before the release of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, before the Runaway film Mm -hmm. had come out. Some of these different, like, I think, sort of cultural moments that sort of, like, kind of swung things in his favor after the... Taylor Swift incident at the 2009 VMAs. And so, um, like this was kind of the sort of like the, the, the first moment to sort of like swing, uh, you know, through music to be able to like swing the crowd in Mm. his favor. He'd been doing like some different, like kind of talk show appearances and stuff like that. But like musically and specifically, for black people uh you know on this like in this moment like this is after like i mean obama's president at this point Mm -hmm. like is the kind of like the 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 black savior in a sense he calls kanye a jackass after (laughs) uh the vma's moment yeah and so it's like this cypher really was there was so much like i just remember like watching there was so much anticipation around it and to have like all these artists that you've never seen together mm-hmm. you don't know <laughs> wearing who's, suits yeah wearing suits wearing shades you don't know who sci high is like you're you're confused about like why push a t is hanging out with Kanye and Common. Yeah, where's Common's Kofi at? Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? What? Who is like? Who's this Big Sean guy? Yeah. And it was really the beginning of like kind of starting to set that tone of what Kanye was about to do with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but also mm. what good music was about to become. Ooh. Damn. Deep. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. So, do you, do you have anything you're working on now? Because you just dropped the good music thing, yeah, like three four days ago. Yeah, I mean, no, no. like I, I'm definitely uh, on the note of Dilla. Um, like that was a really. I'll be thinking about that book for a while. I don't know if I'll kind of explore it through writing or anything related to it um but like yeah i've just i've been really leaning into like kind of trying to read more this year mm-hmm. um read just, more yeah. man you read like 80 books last season <laughs> read more i'm just it, well honestly it's been like i am i won't even say read more cuz it's not even like a <laughs> it's not even like this thing of like oh, I got this like goal that I have yeah, yeah, to yeah. hit. And if I don't hit it, I'm going to be broken. It's more so just like, I'm really enjoying reading right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of just like leaning into that. And like, I enjoy spending time doing it. 
And I feel like the more that I read, the more that I'm inspired to write, especially if I'm like reading really great writers. Like mm. I always feel like really great writers push me to want to write. True. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what's, yeah. what's coming, but how about you? Like what, what are any, um, any thoughts swirling or things that you're trying to lean into? Definitely reading Dilla time made me want to pivot yeah. to writing about Dilla, but I feel like there's nothing more I could say at the moment without yeah. writing the coattails I mean, of this. book was damn near 600 pages. Yeah, very, like, very thick. Dense. Book had an ass on it. <laughs> <laughs> but anything I would say would kind of just be on the coattails of that book because I'm still in that mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely don't want to write about Dilly just yet. Um, I, I've, I was working on a, um, a little essay about Blue. I've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. He has this song called First Things First, where he's kind of just trying to talk to a girl and just like be yeah. real, like not trying to spit game. So yeah. that essay is going to be about spit game. That's <laughs> and, me. and being like a kid, not knowing how to, and only having hip hop music to teach you. But yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. Re- I couldn't relate to it. I'm not as cool as a, I mean, a Trey Songz. Yo, I remember the the, the Bobby Valentino. But I'm not Bobby Turn around. <laughs> I just want to get... So no, is first off, I'm gonna too many demands. Yeah, for nah, meeting a he girl. Was, he didn't say please once. <laughs> he didn't say hello once. <laughs> just immediately turn. Yeah, I just want to. No, just problematic. Problematic. Bobby Valentino. Is that his real name? Oh no, <laughs> Robert. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Robert Valentine. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh but my God. yeah, writing about that. Um, that's that's the last thing I definitely want to write about. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot. So my, my plan is write three essays. Okay. Take some time off. Yeah. To gather supplies to do video essays. Ooh. Because um, I, I love watching um, our, um, YouTubers like uh, Khadija and Boe. Yeah. Um, there's this one called. Uh, FT the signifier who did it. He did like a, a hour long thing it's called. <laughs> it's called my my problem with Drake. It's, it's not like a, a hate a hate thing. It's just talking about like just black culture and they're yeah, both yeah. they're both black YouTubers and like it was very well thought out and it's just like his just his his place in hip hop. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you and um Zaynab. Oh my god, Zaynab, another shout out Zaynab, another um Verge FM. Hey, shout partner. out, shout out. A friend of ours, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I was gonna send it to y'all. Like, no, this is they're gonna think I'm it's it's an hour and 10 minutes. Nah, I'm like, they, yo, they're, gonna, you, they're yeah. gonna knock me out. Why are you pressed? <laughs> <laughs> Get on Drake, bro. Get on Drake. But I want to do like videos like that, like, yeah. definitely, and like. If I do decide to do that, or if I do get the materials to do that, yeah, Dylan's gonna be one of them. That's dope. So I can like that's dope. Fully express it, yeah, and stuff. I do think like I I think the idea of you know being able to take like written essays and kind of figuring out like how they can be sort of repurposed in like through other mediums mm-hmm. is like is really cool. Like I was thinking even with this like good music um essay like was there some is there something that could be done with like a you know those tiktok videos where they kind of like kind of talk you know they just like deep dive and it's more like voiceover just kind of like talking about the uh you know that specific subject or whatever so 
I don't know, but I think like I mean, moral of the story is like we out here writing. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's fun to be able to take like conversations that we've had on the podcast that we're going to have on the podcast and like mm-hmm. to be able to uh, you know, personally like explore those deeper and it's it's cool to be able to have um you know like folks like you mm-hmm. and jay who are like doing this shit too like you get to see it in like dilla time too with kind of this like this uma movement oh. with like q-tip and and uh you know some of those cats who are just like really leaning into what does brotherhood mm-hmm. look like in art like what does this idea of like kind of chosen family look like with an art to like move in your art like more like just communally yeah is like really it's a really cool concept for sure I thought. It, was, it was definitely a community aspect to it all also i forgot to mention d'angelo too was a yeah big part of d'angelo <laughs> erica badu oh. like oh my god so, so Aquarians. yo just uh, so many so, yeah it's nuts it's like nuts. that book is honestly like i i heard you, you if you take a shot for every name drop like i was gonna say i yeah, urge you just to done. read it to see if your favorite artist is mentioned yes, because yes. they probably are yes <laughs> it's, it's it's so dope yeah <laughs> oh my gosh well, yo First episode <sighs> on Burge. On Burge. This is oh. exciting. I feel oh like this is our, our most tamed episode. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. Yo, Unintentionally. We, uh, you know, it's, it's it's like when you come to someone's house yeah, for true. the first time. <laughs> should I put my shoes on? Yeah, should, yeah can I, should I take my shoes off? Like, but then, oh, you know. You hey, wasn't putting hey, on drawers. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm telling you. I'm going to be in your fridge. <laughs> In the next 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I'm going to be Craig in the fridge <laughs> figuring out where the milk is for the cereal. Like, yo, we out here. Trust us. This will be great. But I'm Alex Lewis. Um, yeah. Holla at me. Uh, <laughs> at Lewis Alex 10. It's the number 10 on, Put your up. on all the all the socials. Um, yeah. Come hang out, see Ooh. me, see me write about some things. Tell me your address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be handing out my social security on the next episode if you would like to tune in. Stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, yo, um, say what's up. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to edit in Alex's <laughs> address. <laughs> nah, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I'm Coco Samoa. You can um find me online at. Kenny Samoa. Samoa. Um, Samoa like the cookie. Um, K-E-N-I, Samoa like the cookie. Um, Alex got me onto Medium, um, so I'll be writing on there. Sheesh. Find me on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. If you want to hear Dilla-inspired beats. Hey, um, definitely tapping. Then, then Instagram as well, where, we, where I just post the dumbest things i can find on my instagram story (laughs) at all times yes and yo we'll be back on the air march 26th so every fourth saturday of the month 4 p.m eastern time on verge fm and then wherever you stream podcasts uh alex and koku 
can tap in. But we appreciate y'all. Yo. Peace. Peace. <laughs>